Exodus chapter 7. We are getting into the plagues that are about to take place in Egypt. And God has sent Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh and given him uh, plenty of opportunity to let uh, the Israelites go out of slavery. But Pharaoh's heart has hardened throughout this process. And we are about to see God pour out his wrath upon uh, the nation of Israel, uh, the nation of Egypt, to try to get them to let the Israelites go. And so that's what we'll be talking about over the next few weeks are some of these plagues, the first of which is going to be uh, turning uh, water in the Nile and, and around uh, into blood. And so uh, we'll read through these few verses tonight, and then we will uh, kind of break them down a little bit. Verse 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning. When you see him walking out to the water, stand ready to meet him by the bank of the Nile. Take in your hand the staff that turned into a snake. Tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go so that they may worship. Excuse me, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But so far you have not listened. And this is what Yahweh says. Here is how you will know that I am Yahweh. Watch, I will strike the water in the Nile with the staff in my hand and it will turn to blood. The fish of the Nile will die, the river will stink, and the Egyptians will be unable to drink water from it. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt over their rivers, canals, ponds, and all their water reservoirs, and they will become blood. There will be blood throughout the land of Egypt, even in wooden and stone containers. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and his officials. He raised the staff and struck the water in the Nile, and all the water in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad the Egyptians could not drink water from it. There was blood throughout the land of Egypt. But the magicians of Egypt did the same thing by their occult practices. So Pharaoh's heart hardened, and he would not listen to them, as the Lord had said. Pharaoh turned around, went into his palace, and didn't even take this to heart. All the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink because they could not drink the water from the river. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and as we see this, this amazing event that took place and as we read about it, dear Lord, help us to, to see what's going on here. Help us to understand your power, dear Lord. Help us to see uh, the hardness of Pharaoh's heart, God. Help us to, uh, to see what you were trying to do. You were trying to get their attention, God, and they wouldn't listen. And God, help us to examine our own lives. Maybe sometimes we're like Pharaoh or we're like the Egyptians. Maybe there have been uh, things that have happened in our life to try to get our attention to something you are calling us to or something you're calling us not to do, dear Lord God. So help us to understand your word. Help us to understand these plagues and to see you at work uh, through these words tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. There, there is much discussion, I suppose you could say, to be had about these plagues. Now, uh, you, you will find uh, some 
varying views as to how these things may have taken place. I'll tell you a couple of, uh, of that I think are, are important. There may be others. But, but uh, one view is, is that these things happened supernaturally, that God did these things supernaturally, that He made it happen and it happened. The water turned to blood and all these other plagues took place. I have no problem believing God could do that. I have no problem at all accepting that and that may very well be how God did it. The other view is is that is that these things happen naturally. That is, uh, if you, you can find plenty of TV shows trying to disprove that the Lord had a hand in this saying, well the water turned red as a result of algae and the rest of these plagues uh, followed a natural course of the fish dying and not being able to eat the frogs and the frogs came and the frogs died and flies were a result and all these things were one thing as part of another thing. Well, that could also be true as well. But whichever one is true, God is the one that put it into motion. God is the one that made it happen. That is not a question for me. Whether God did it supernaturally or whether God allowed natural things to occur to make these plagues uh, uh, happen, they happened, and it was God who was behind them. So it's not really a question to me. I don't know how God did it. Perhaps God allowed that algae to be in there so the water would turn red at just the right time. Perhaps he made it really turn into blood. I don't know exactly how God did it, but I know that it was the power of God before the people of Egypt and before the Israelites that caused these plagues to take place. Uh, there are many who will go through and they will try to explain away all these plagues uh, and then uh, at the end of it after explaining them away in case there was any doubt they would say but there's no proof that any of these things ever happened there's no proof anywhere in any other text except for the Bible that these events of the Exodus happened well maybe that's the case maybe it's not but this is the only book I go by so if it says it that's good enough for me it don't matter if it is the only one that records it I believe that these events really happened I I believe that they took place I believe that the Israelites were in Egypt I believe God led them out of Egypt by perhaps some supernatural means and perhaps by some natural means but the key point for us to remember as we look at these plagues that it is the Lord who is behind these things it is the Lord who is making the these things happen. Now last week when we left off, we saw that uh, Moses and Aaron, they threw the staff down. It turned into a snake. Uh, Pharaoh's magicians and their occult practices, it says in the text, uh, threw their sticks down. And then Moses' stick ate their sticks, or ate their snakes. And uh, we see that Pharaoh was not willing. That didn't get his attention. And so now God is going to a little more extremes. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. So Pharaoh wasn't going to change at this point. He had already had his opportunities, and so he tells Moses, the Lord does, all right, I want you to go and I want you to meet Pharaoh, and here's what you're going to do. You're going to take this same staff that turned into a snake, and you're going to touch the Nile River, and when you do that, well, does it say touch it? I just make that up. All right. I might have made that up. Let's read on. Verse 15, because I don't want to tell you all wrong. Verse 15, see, I watched, I watched the Moses and the Ten Commandments, and I don't want the, what the movie said to influence what the text says. All right. <laughs> so verse 15, Go to Pharaoh in the morning when you see him walking out on the water. Stand by to meet him by the bank of the Nile. Take in your hand the staff that turned into a snake. Tell him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But so far you have not listened. 
This is what Yahweh says. Here is how you will know that I am Yahweh. Watch. I will strike the water. There we go. That's what we're looking for. I will strike the water in the Nile with the staff in my hand, and it will turn to blood. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine what that must have been like? Can you imagine being an Egyptian? Can you imagine being an Israelite? And here, here we kind of have, I guess you could say, maybe a, a battle of the gods. While there are no other gods mentioned here, the Egyptians had plenty of gods. And here is the one God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, and He is about to show out, for lack of a better word. Similar to the same situation that we saw with Elijah and the Baals when they were calling out to their gods and they did nothing happen. And God, uh, Elijah called out to Yahweh and things started happening. Here we see Yahweh is, is, is kind of shaking things up right here. And can you imagine the Nile River? Now, I don't know uh, in relation to any river around here how big the Nile is, but I would assume the Nile is a pretty big river. And can you imagine a man with the staff and the power of God striking the river and that river instantly being turned into blood. That was probably something to see. There was an interesting scene. I don't believe this is in the Bible, but this is from the movie The Ten Commandments, and I thought it was an interesting scene where after Moses did this... Um, and Pharaoh took this jar of, of some kind of holy water or something they had, and he, he, he raised it up to his gods, and he said, you know, essentially turn this water back, and he, he begins to pour the clean water out of that into the Nile, and as he's pouring it, it turns to blood. Now, that's not scriptural, but, but I think that that's good imagery to kind of help us understand maybe what was going on. None of the, the, the gods of Egypt were able to help them because Yahweh was showing the people what was what. So you can imagine what this must have been like. As this river turned to blood, you can imagine the stench that must have been taking place. Now, was the whole Nile River turned to blood? Was it just in the area where Pharaoh was? I don't know the answer to that question. But it says not only the Nile River, but it says all the waterways around. So there wasn't, there wasn't any, any water for the Egyptian people to drink. Now, what happened to the Israelites? I really don't know. I, I would believe that God would take care of them in some way, shape, or form, but the Egyptians didn't have any water. Even the water that was still uh, left in the containers, whether wooden or stone, they were affected. It wasn't just the water of the Nile. God had pretty much put a whole uh, a drought, uh, so to speak, I guess maybe you could say on the drinking water. That is, there is no fresh, good water for the Egyptians to drink, and this went on for seven days. Now that's pretty intense. You would think by this point, if, if seeing a stick turn into a snake wasn't enough, you'd think I'd, I'd probably be enough. If that wasn't enough, you would think that this would get Pharaoh's attention. You would think that he would say, Whoa, I have, I have misjudged your God, Yahweh. I said I didn't know him, but I, I see right now that, Whoa, I have totally misjudged him. But here comes those pesky Egyptians, or the, uh, those pesky magicians of the Pharaoh, the ones that practice their occult practices, and guess what? Perhaps through some demonic influence or however they were able to do it, they were able to duplicate uh, what Moses was able to do. And they also were able to turn uh, the water into blood. And so this had no effect on Pharaoh. It's amazing as you read through these plagues, as I'm sure most of you have, that it takes that long for Pharaoh to get the picture. And we look at Pharaoh and we say, that big dummy. God is trying to get his attention and he just ain't wanting to listen. But how many times are we very similar to Pharaoh in our own life? How many times is God trying to do something to get our attention? Perhaps there's a scripture that keeps coming back into our head, something we keep reading, we come to church, preacher preaches on something, and it's like, man, 
We go to Sunday school, Ernest teaches on something, and it's like, that's the same thing. It's coming back again. We turn on the radio, and they talk about it on the radio. Everywhere we go, it's like we can't escape it. And all the while, we're just like Pharaoh, and we just don't even realize, duh, hello, God's trying to get our attention. And so many times, we miss it. And here is this great event. The Nile River was turned into blood. And Pharaoh said, hmm, that ain't nothing. We do the same thing sometimes. Verse 20, Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded in the sight of Pharaoh and his officials and raised the staff and struck the water in the Nile and all the water in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish in the Nile died and the river smelled so bad the Egyptians could not drink water from it. There was blood throughout the land of Egypt. Now, it's bad enough that there's no fresh water but all the fish in the Nile River died. I'm sure that probably some people there, they probably caught fish, they probably ate fish, and so, so this is far more reaching than just the water turned red. It's far different than, oh, look, the Nile River's red today. It's far greater reaching than that. This had big impacts. There was no clean water to drink. If you had to eat fish or if you relied on fish to, for your livelihood, uh, the fish were, were dead, and on top of that, everything stunk. You probably couldn't escape it. If you imagine the water, all the waterways and the rivers uh, smelling like blood and the dead fish, I'm sure the smell probably carried into the whole land and the people of Israel were probably, or of Egypt, were probably miserable. I wonder what they were saying to Pharaoh. I wonder if they knew any of these things were going on. I wonder if they were saying, Pharaoh, just let them go. I wonder what the people of Egypt were saying at this point in time. Verse 22 but the magicians of Egypt did the same thing by their occult practices. So Pharaoh's heart hardened, and he would not listen to them as the Lord had said. Verse 23, Pharaoh turned around, went into his palace, and didn't even take this to heart. He didn't even take it to heart. It did not even faze him that God Almighty had just turned the Nile River into blood. He did not even take it to heart. How many times has God done something in our life? Has God intervened in our lives? Have God tried to get our attention in our lives? How many times do we just shrug our shoulders? How many times do we sit in a church service? How many times do we come to Sunday school? How many times do we read God's Word and it speaks to our heart and we get up and leave and just, hmm. We don't take it to heart. We don't pay it any attention. That's what Pharaoh did. That's kind of a dangerous place to be in. That's what Pharaoh did. God did a mighty and wonderful work to try to get his attention. And Pharaoh didn't even, didn't even budge, didn't make any difference to him. Verse 24, All the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink because they could not drink the water from the river. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. Can you imagine for seven days? Now, it says they dug around looking for water. I don't know if they actually found some water in some other spots. I'm assuming they had to have found some water somewhere uh, to be able to survive for seven days. But uh, they were having to dig around to find water just so they could be sustained. And all of this could have been avoided if Pharaoh would have just let the people of Israel go. They could have avoided all of these things. They could have had fresh water to drink, but instead they were having to scrounge around and try all they could just to survive when the fresh water would have been there if they would have just done what the Lord said to start with. And the same is true for you and I. Jesus says 
in the book of John, he, he's talking to the woman at the, at the well, and he's talking about, look, you want the water that's going to bring you life? He said, come to me. I'm going to give you that water. And how many times in our life, knowing good and well that Jesus is the source of our water, that Jesus is the well of water that can fulfill us, that can make us to where we never thirst again. And how many times, knowing that God wants to bring us good water, how many times are we digging around trying to find nourishment to be sustained in other areas that aren't Jesus Christ? We get ourselves in sin and we're living in sin and everything's all nasty and dirty just like the Nile River and we digging around trying to find what we need to survive, trying to find that fresh water, trying to barely get by when all the while God's been trying to get our attention and all the while God's words told us and all the while Jesus has told us, come to me, I'll give you fresh water, I'll be what you need to sustain you. And there are so many situations in our life that we could have avoided, so many sinful things, so many hard times that we could have avoided if we would have listened to God. And then we get down in our nasty sin, and then we're digging around just like the Egyptians. We look at Pharaoh and we say, why didn't he just listen to God? I mean, even now, okay, he he didn't listen to the first stuff, but even now, why didn't he just listen to God? Well, why don't we just listen to God? Why are we seeking other things? Why are we digging around because our sin has made everything polluted and nasty and dirty? Why are we digging around trying to be sustained in things other than Jesus Christ instead of just going to Jesus Christ and saying, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. My heart may be hard. I may not be doing right. I may have turned from you. I may not have listened to you any more than Pharaoh. But Lord Jesus, I need fresh water because my spiritual Nile is nasty because of sin. And that's what happens in our life. So when we look at Pharaoh and we say, why don't he pay attention? Why don't he change? Maybe we need to look at ourselves and say, look, why don't I change? Maybe that's what God wants to get through to us, through these plagues. I don't know. I don't know what everybody, what's on everybody's heart. The Holy Spirit knows. God knows. But I know this. I know that God doesn't desire for us to be like Pharaoh. I know that God doesn't desire for us to harden our heart to a point to where we reject him, but God does re- desire for us to come to him for fresh water he doesn't desire for us to live in the pollution of our sinfulness but to seek Jesus Christ so that we can be filled with fresh clean spiritual water that's going to restore us let's pray God we thank you for these words we thank you for this powerful imagery that we have God I don't know how you did it but I know you did it you turned this water into blood and ever how you did it it was the right way because you did it your way dear Lord God but God, you did it for a purpose. You did it for a reason. You did it to try to get the people's attention, dear Lord. And they missed it. At least Pharaoh missed it, God. And I pray that you help us to see maybe there are some situations, some things in our life, and you're trying to get our attention and help us not to miss it, dear Lord. Maybe our life, we're, we're facing some bad consequences just like the Egyptians and things are kind of dirty and nasty and smelly in a spiritual sense because of our sin. But God, you don't want us to stay there. You don't want us to try to seek uh, fulfillment in anything else other than Jesus Christ. So God, if we're not already, help us to come to Jesus Christ. If we're living apart from Jesus Christ, help us to come and to get that fresh water that's going to quench our thirst, that's going to make us never thirst again. So God, help us not to be those who harden our heart at your warnings, but help us to be those who receive your warnings, dear Lord, turn from our ways and turn to you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.